We welcome you into Bustin' Loose Baseball. Darius Dameron is our producer, Grant Paulson, and Danny Ruye with you. And Danny, what a weekend it was at Nationals Park. Ryan Zimmerman weekend over the last few days. You and I, tragically, in a sports sense, both had obligations and weren't able to be at the ballpark. But I got to watch the entire one-hour ceremony. Got to see all the videos that were put together for Zim. All the tributes that were done, including a toast during the game. Him throwing out the first pitch to his dad, Keith. His kids shouting, play ball. The Nationals should take a bow, man. What an incredible job. What a classy endeavor the entire weekend turned into. As the number 11 was now retired by the Nationals, never to be worn again. That was my big takeaway was what a wonderful job by the Nationals. Just splendid. Listen, there's turmoil. There's stuff going on. We know what's happening on the field where they lost four or five to the Phillies this weekend. And uh, at one point, I think it lost eight or nine in a row. I understand what's happening with the ownership group, with Masson, all the trials and tribulations. And are they going to keep Juan Soto and this and that? I'll tell you what, when it was time to step up and do it, they did it. This Nationals organization deserves a kind of you know, victory tour here. Pat yourself on the back a couple times. That was classy. That was well done. That was the right tone. Everything about it was really, really, really good for a guy that was the reason. Now, th- there's a couple different you know, sort of stages of Nats fans here, right, GP? It was the folks that you know, were, were just starving for the idea of baseball to come back to Washington, D.C. for the first time since the early 70s. Those folks watched Jose Vidro and Vinny Castilla and uh, you know, Tim Redding and Matt Chico and, and all the rest with you know, great aplomb, going to a, a, a place that was frankly a dump on stilts that flooded, was infested with rats and gross at RFK Stadium, where the offices were in trailers. Once... That first season kind of, you know, was 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 well underway and it was a lot of fun in the first half, especially enter Ryan Zimmerman for the new fans, for folks just kind of getting used to the rhythms of a baseball season. He was the reason to go. He was the reason to be excited. He was the he was the, the person that all the kids had jerseys or jerseys of and who they wanted to be like, the hometown kid, you know, Virginia Beach, three hours away. I just made that trip this weekend, by the way, right at three hours. And that was the most Awesome thing that this was our homegrown guy that you saw the entire arc of his career just as he grew and matured himself. He always talks about he grew up with his fan base. An amazing encapsulation of his whole career and really kind of the last, to me, fond farewell of 2019. The last vestiges of that World Series team that we were robbed of the proper celebrations of, that was kind of the last time we sort of got to give one final you know, stadium full, super excited fans to give that well-deserved kind of round of applause and, and uh, you know, kind of a fairly well to the great number 11. That was really cool. Yeah, I loved in his speech at the parade after the World Series when he talked about having grown up with D.C. as a baseball town. Because it's true, right? In their infancy together, Zimmerman, a rookie in this town, learning the game of baseball at the major league level after a generation of folks not having had it, they really did come of age together through the tribulations and the losses and then the winning and eventually Coleman with that 2019 championship. I mean, he is such an emotional guy. He, he is such a um, wear his emotions on his sleeve and, and, and powerful moments player that he was broken up the entire time. I mean, there were some real highlights and some real, uh, I thought, touching tributes, including having his mom, who is suffering from MS. I know it costs near and dear to your heart. That's right. Having lost your mother to multiple sclerosis. But having her voice part of his video... Was so, oh man! I mean that 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 busted me up a little bit. Immediately yeah. brought tears to my eyes. Having him throw the first pitch, quote unquote, having a catch with his dad while holding his oldest son. 
Like, who got through that with dry eyes? And and then the speeches were amazing from, I thought Ian Desmond, what a class act he always was, and he hit it out of the park. Worth's note that he struck was perfect because it was Jason Worth. Like, On brand, right? I didn't write anything down. I'm not going to say anything overly touching. <laughs> But I came here for you, Zim, as a free agent, and I came here for you today, and I'm I'm glad we helped build this organization into what it became. I thought that was really cool. Davey Martinez couldn't get through a sentence without his voice cracking, and he had Zimmerman in tears, and he talked about how much he misses him because he was his you know, calming influence. And I didn't realize the relationship they had where Zim would be in his office after games at night having a beer and, and I don't want to say coaching with him, but essentially – trying to keep him steady and calm and asking him how he was doing. Remember, as as he was on the verge, potentially, of being fired before they turned it around in 2019. So a lot of those types of anecdotes that came out were just really touching. The, the tribute video itself, to get Dan Hudson and, and Trey Turner and Anthony Rendon from that World Series team, so many others. Sean Doolittle was hilarious in that, who brought flowers out to the mom. I mean, they just they hit everything. The moment where it struck me just how detailed this entire preparation was was when they had a handful of season ticket holders who have been around since Zim's first season lift up the cover over top of Ryan Zimmerman's um, nameplate now around the ring in the arena of of their Ring of Honor, Ring of Fame, whatever they call it. Like that type of detail. They could have just had someone pull a rope, but they're telling you, hey, this is the names of these season ticket holders. They thought of everything. And I just, I cannot commend the team enough. I can't imagine how special it was for Zim and and Heather and the family. And uh, it was just perfect. And it was a nice reminder, I think, Danny, of of why Zim is so important to this city. Because he said it best in his speech. Like, he was a great player. I'll say that. He didn't. He said I was pretty good. He was a great player early in his career. And it looked to me like he was on his way to maybe winning an MVP award and becoming a superstar. He gets hurt. He ends up being a really good player. For a long time. And he had some down seasons. And he was he was in and out of the lineup. And he was battling injury. And his body's breaking down on him. But his, his number 11 is not even retired because he was great. That's part of it. It's because of how he treated people. You know, it's because of what he meant. And how much he showed other players and people in the organization. How to act just by doing it. You know, something it sounds like he learned from his father. Leading by example and doing it quietly. Something that his teammates like Desmond brought up. The guy thanked the clubbies in his speech. You know, he went individually to the coaches and 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 he he thanked Harolyn Cardoza, who's like Mike Rizzo's assistant, who's the team mom. Like, it was the perfect Zimmerman speech. He really is that kind of dude, and and it's so fitting that number eleven will never be worn again. I liked how they had him take off the jersey, by the way, hand it to his father, who walked it over to the clubhouse attendant to take you know downstairs, mm-hmm. and it was the last time anyone would wear the jersey, and then he put on his suit jacket. I thought that was perfect. Just aces, yeah. Again, every again, tip of the cap to the Nationals. Everything about it was perfect. I thought, but to your point, I I was texting with a couple of my uh, college teammates. One's a, a Mets fan, and another is uh, um, a, a Dodgers fan. Actually, from he's from out west. And he was kind of like, he seems like an awesome dude talking about Zim. Because, but it, it, does it seem strange to you that they're retiring his jersey? And then, you know, he starts talking about the, the Met fan was like, yeah, like, look at the Yankee greats or like, you know, look at the Dodger greats. And I'm going, y- you guys, with all due respect, you don't get this one. And it's, it's, uh, that's okay. Because if you're just an outsider, you go to a baseball reference page, you see, hey, good career, derailed by injuries, you know, nice big league career. That was really, really good. You don't get what this means. And it's, Almost impossible to quantify unless you lived it. It's almost impossible to to explain to people the 
the pressure on this guy, the grace with which he handled all of it, including, you know, in 2012, he's answering questions every single day. Yep, I wish I could throw better. Yep, I wish I could raise my arm over my head to throw. I'm, I'm nervous about it, too. This stinks. All of that stuff. All he did was just face stuff head on with, um, again, with that kind of, um, the word I keep coming up with is, is, is grace that is, is just so unusual. And, you know, how other-centered he is and how just thoughtful and, uh, and, and, and kind and, and generous, all while doing something that only a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of people can do uh, at a really, really high level. And I just wish everybody that, that kind of saw him at the end could have seen him for those few years in a row where he was basically a 300 hitter, hitting about 30 homers and playing gold glove caliber third base. He was so damned good over there, just natural. He had kind of those, you know, those Brooks Robinson kind of hands and the ability to make throws from all kinds of funny angles and just the things that he could do were just absolutely remarkable over there. And he was, you know, really coming into his own as a hitter with a great plan and kind of digesting what pitchers are trying to do to him and adjusting on the fly and that opposite field right center power that he just wore out that right center field gap time after time, swinging that 35-inch bat, which, by the way, is like holding up a, a tree trunk to a, a normal human being, but he made it look easy. Just the, the 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 way that he was able to play for so many years, and then kind of having to reinvent himself into this part time guy, and all the preparation, the stuff that we never saw, those hours per day to get his body to the point that it would hold up, just to be a part time player. That level of grind and care, and he never bragged about it. He never, you know, was was out letting, showing Instagram videos of himself, you know, stretching in a certain way or working this that way or the other with a trainer just so he could take some ground balls at first base that afternoon. What he went through was really, really, really hard. He did it really well for a long time. You could tell that was part of his speech where I thought he was most emotional. It was when he talked about keeping him on the field. And he said the only way to to get respect as a baseball player is to be on the field and play every day. And he was thanking the training staff for how hard they worked to keep him on the field as much and as often as they did. Uh, but it was. It was an amazing ceremony. I hope that the fans that got to be there thoroughly enjoyed themselves. It'll be the most special day of this season. They sold out 42,000-plus in the ballpark uh, that day, which is just amazing. Yeah, way to go, Nats fans. In a season like this. And, and for people who watched it on Masson or, or heard it on 106.7 The Fan, I mean, we were all kind of small parts of it, which was nice. And he talked about that number 11, you know, being as much about the fans as it is about him, which I found to be a really nice uh, sentiment. But I, I hope he's around. You know, I hope he's a fixture and involved. Uh, we saw him on the broadcast once this year. I'd like to see more of that. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be nice, though, if he ended up serving in some role. I, I was thinking about you know, just how he treats people and, and what kind of role model he is. I really believe, I don't know what his acumen is as a talent evaluator or anything like that, but I really believe he could be a front office executive if he wanted to. I mean, he's got that type of respect and just people skills, and I would think he could learn the scouting and the development parts of it if he doesn't already have it just naturally, having been around the game his whole life. But if he wanted to be an executive or a member of a coaching staff or manager, and I don't think he does, he's got kids and a family, but anything he wanted to do, he could. And I really do hope it's here in Washington because, you know, he is Mr. National. And that ceremony drove that home, I think, where we've talked about Bryce and Strauss and Soto at different moments or Scherzer, as an example, being so beloved. Zim's hangs out and the rest of them are below him on that list all by himself. Uh, but uh, the big moments – Seeing the video they put together, people sleep. You know, even at the end of his That's career, right, yeah. we're like you, and I'm not joning on you, but you, you correctly said like he was 
kind of a shell of what he once was at the end of his career for younger people seeing him, even at that time, that three-run homer against the Dodgers, I got chills thinking about. The ball he hit up around his eyes. Yep. Over center field, as you mentioned, or, or the uh, the World Series homer oh, against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole or uh, if you go back to the Cubs series in game two of the division series that ended up going five games, and he got the Nats even basically 1-1 with one of the biggest hits at that time in their postseason. Like He had massive moments. He's obviously Mr. Walkoff because he had double-digit walk-offs in his career. But, uh, man, it's just so many marquee all-time kind of sequences that he was right in the middle of. Uh, he, he homered off Adam Wainwright to, uh, in, in Game 5 in 2012 to help put him up big. And, you know, th- there were a million of those kind of plays. They don't get past the wild card game, the playing game, if he doesn't get that base hit off Josh Hader, that little duck snort. The Brewers that, that falls before in. the World Series run. Yeah. It's just so many great moments, man. And thinking of him, and I, I kind of zoomed in on him uh, against the Cardinals in Game 4 of the sweep. And the fly ball goes to center field. As it's going into the glove of the center fielder, just my eyes were immediately drawn to him with the holy bleep, this is really happening, kid at the candy store face, as he runs across the field to embrace Anthony Rendon, which would kind of be their signature thing that they, of course, do at the end of the World Series as well. And my thoughts weren't, you know, for me as a fan, weren't for me as someone that that covered the team, was doing pregame shows with you and, and everything else. It was, I'm happy for that guy. That's really a strange and rare thing, right? Where normally as a fan, you're going, yes, my team won. I'm so glad about that. I immediately go, my first joy that sparked inside me. I had some selfish joy in a moment later. Bear with me. But my first joy was Ryan Zimmerman is happy. That's great. You know, and that's a really unique thing. Totally true. Yeah, and one other thing I'd say if we're, if we're reminiscing about just moments in Zim in that championship run and his reactions, I had one of the coolest opportunities ever, which was – Game 7, World Series Houston. For the radio broadcast, Charlie and Dave, I went on the field to get an interview as that game ended. And they wanted me to try to get a couple of players from the celebration on the broadcast so that fans back home vicariously could kind of live through the sounds of that bedlam. And how it works is as a rights holder, since 106.7, the fan, our parent company, um, in Odyssey are, are, are the flagship home of the Nats. There's a few companies that get to go downstairs and wait in the bowels of the stadium for the game to end. So we're basically in like the, the tunnel where the umpires go in and out right behind home plate watching the end of the game. And the second the game ends, that final out's recorded, they open that gate, and whoever's televising the game, so like TBS or Fox, let's say, and then whoever's got the national rights, ESPN Radio, and then the two local TV and radio affiliates. So you're talking about like six maybe media companies with a producer, an on-air person, and, and you know an engineer or something. What so, is it's a very limited number. Yeah, it's like 10 to 15 folks in, in line. And we run out onto the field, and that's where you get that video you've seen a million times of, of being there as players are hugging each other or whatever and so I ran out and literally I'm getting out onto the field as the players are now coming together and dogpiling and I remember I posted a video on Instagram if you go back far enough on, on my account Grant H. Paulson where it's it's Zim just kind of saying holy s like I can't effing believe it you know and he's hugging whoever's there He's hugging whoever's right around him and, and trying to hold back tears at that moment and just being there kind of I'm talking about I could have tackled one of these guys if I wanted to. Trying to not get involved in the celebration and just be a fly on the wall to pick up the audio was uh, it was an all-time moment. And to your point, you're thinking about it right then. You're going, good for this dude. 
you know, good for this guy. Speaking of Zimmerman, we were able to catch up with him on our show on 106.7 The Fan, Grant and Danny, right before the ceremony. So we talked about what he was expecting, but also he reminisced and told some stories, and, and we got to the bottom of, you know, why he means so much to Washington, D.C. Hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation.